Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high-performing sales teams. Taylor, how's it going? Hey, Josh. Good, man. I'm ready to talk about some metrics-driven sales culture. Metrics-driven sales culture. Doing well. Yeah. Sounds like a sexy title, doesn't it? I know, right? I like the way you put it. You really (laughs) emphasized those words. (laughs) Yeah, I'm working on my verbal verbal communication, just packing big punches with my intros. So I'm getting, (laughs) I I warm up in the mirror sometimes. I get ready to go for these episodes. I'm fired up. Nice. Love it. I want to, I want to see the video of uh, you warming up in the mirror next for your no, verbal I'll get punches. My wife to send, I, had, I had her take it, so I'll get my wife to send it to us. <laughs> so, hey, so we got some metrics-driven sales culture today. So basically, what do we mean by that? Now, when when you're t- when we're building around the culture of a sales organization, uh, it's obviously, you know, everybody likes to say, well, we've got a a work hard, play hard mentality. We've, we like to work when we work and play when we play. And people tend to really just, just kind of lean on that one a lot. Uh, obviously if you want to make any sort of improvements in terms of growth and you need to be able to track growth over growth with numbers and metrics and KPIs and all that, you know, those, those fancy terms. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is what, what is, when it, when it comes to things like, when it comes to things like driving behavior, what kind of metrics can, can be put in place or, or what things can be done to drive the right behavior in a metrics driven sales organization. So I think there's a lot of ways you can do it for salespeople in a sales organization or the organization as a whole. Um, most of what we look at from the sales side is what numbers are going to drive the behavior you're looking for, right? So for example, mm. I like display boards in the office. So you go buy the the inexpensive, you know, 42 inch TV, you put it in the office. And if you want your outbound team to do 60 sales activities a day or, you know, X number per week, then that dashboard is front and center, right? It's in the sales mm. pit. Everybody sees it. Or yeah. You know, it's something you review often. So just by putting that display board up, if you've hired, to me, if you've hired the right salespeople, they want to win and they want to be number one, whether they're getting rewarded for it or not. Right. Yeah, so just yeah, yeah. having so those visual. boards up. Yeah. So, so visual, visual is a big one. So you, you talked about display boards. What else, what other visual types of things like that can you, can you think of? I mean, when I, when I think of something visual naturally, you know, uh, when you log in in the morning, you've got your dashboard up and you know, whatever your dashboard looks like, that's a visual thing. But I, I think there's really something to putting it out in front of everybody. And, uh, and I can, and I know that that kind of raises the internal competition here and there. What other kind of types of visual things have you seen in your days or, uh, or, or something along those lines? Um, I mean, the other visuals you get are, you know, the winners, right? So if they won something that gets promoted, you know, you hear about all kinds of other contests where, yeah. you know, if you were the top salesperson, the trophy sits on your desk for the next quarter, you know, yep. that's a visual. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I know one Absolutely. company that actually bought a high-end sports car. And if you were the top sales rep, I think you got that car for either the next month or the next quarter. And nice. it was like fully paid for. So yeah. even though you're a rep, you may have a you may have a nice car, you may drive around in a nice, you know, four-door Lexus or whatever, but now you're driving around in a Porsche 911 for the next quarter. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so that's a visual and visceral, you know, for that type yeah, of no person. Kidding. So there's there's just a lot of different ways with the 
you know, to put in visuals like with the trophies or with, you know, a car mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. At our, at our previous organization, you know, there was about a hundred sales folks in, in the, um, in, in the building actually it was a pretty big building and we had, uh, there, there was, you know, one to 10, I'm sorry. Um, you know, one to a hundred and it, they were all percentages. So, you know, the top dog would have done 350% and that number, uh, correlates to whatever their monthly quotas are. And then of course this poor guy in last or this poor girl in last <laughs> is, uh, one percent, two percent of her overall quota, his overall quota. So, you know, th- there's there's probably there's probably some good and bad when it comes to some of those visual elements. Uh, it, it's not that you want to publicly criticize necessarily, but there is something. I, I honestly think that the good weighs out the bad in doing that when it comes to you know showing the metrics out there in terms of 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 dollars sold and deals closed and whatnot but you know what else is kind of important about this is and regardless of what kind of metric you want to put up on the display but there are so many leading indicators uh that you could put up there that are as important to this to 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 hold you know close to the vest that then closing deals are you know for your inside sales reps like you 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 know you, you can make that metric maybe more more uh customer meeting driven or if it's uh you know, solution architects, you can make that more bill of materials built and, you know, architecture built and whatnot. So it doesn't necessarily need to be all about sales, does it? No, not at all. Um, I mean, the leading indicators, you got activities, you got meetings, you know, like you, you I know you like the meetings uh, held, like in-person meetings, mm. you know, so you can do things like that. Um, and, and I think you hit it on the head with how you present it, right? It doesn't have to be the dollar amount. It can be mm-hmm. a percentage and you do have to be cognizant of how you're presenting that data. And are you, is it positive? Is it in a way that's really raising everybody up or is it pushing too many people down? Now mm-hmm. there is a split at some point where, you know, the people at the bottom are at the bottom and there's not much you, you may or may not be able to do about that, or there's not much you can mm-hmm. do about that. Um, so there is just a little bit of knowing your audience and looking at the behaviors. Um, other ones that are non-sales, I guess, would be I've seen kill stickers. I don't know if you've seen those where like if you're a software company or you go up against another competitor a lot, the company actually prints up stickers that has that company's logo with a lot a circle and a line through it, you know, kind of wow. like the Ghostbusters. I haven't seen that and they one. pin nice. them up on there, you know, they pin them up on there <laughs> and everybody cheers. So it's not even yeah, about yeah, the yeah. dollar amount. It's about, you know, beating out the competitor, right? And bringing yep. out some competition and you know, right. and, and people have these kill stickers, you know, I've seen it. I've seen things that's like that. That's a great idea. <laughs> kill stickers. I'm going to have to take that one. Yeah. yeah and that, and that's kind of the idea here. I, I like what you said that, you, you know, there, there's a line between raising everybody up and, and, you know, uh, bringing everybody down what, when, whatever that, that happy medium is, you know, I think it's important, but at the end of the day, something like that, that raises healthy competition within an organization, I personally think is great. And when you can start maybe gamifying some of these things, I think that's when you take it to the next step. So if you talk about, you know, I, I can use some examples um, of in, in, our, in our, you know, technology business where it's just like you said, outbound calls, outbound emails, all the prospecting stuff. And then you've got, you know, how many, you know, from, from a marketing point of view, click to opens, click ratios, you know, what have you, inbound web lead traffic. You could gamify just about anything 
And if you are in sales or in sales support, or if you're in any sort of organization that involves hustle, you're probably going to like this idea. Yeah. I, and, and so I want everybody to think about how can we gamify? How can we create maybe a point system or a reward or some sort of competition healthy wise that's going to make each individual group responsible for their what I like to refer to as a PQO, like the prolific quality output, whatever that PQO is, uh, in order to move the needle for everybody in the organization. That gamification, from my point of view, has been wildly successful in a lot of organizations that we've worked with. Yeah, and I mean, you can gamify uh, people healthily against each other, right? Just friendly yep. competition to see who wins, right? It happens all the yep. time. You, you know, two people can decide to arm wrestle for a dollar. You know, it's like oh, that yeah. can happen healthily <laughs> and and in fun, right? Where it's not a huge deal if you're second or third, right? There's there's also the other concept of gamifying as a team. So you yep. can have yep. games where. Every, you know, everybody who's part of a group wins or, you know, you can you can group up people in three or five or whatever groupings you need and say, we're actually going to have a team sales event. You know, you guys are going to be put together. So you're actually you're actually incentivized to go help this other person. So yeah. you've got a number one partnered with a, a number 10 and a number two partnered with a number nine, you know, whoever those consistent people consistently might be. Yep. You know, so there's different ways to gamify in a group setting as well. Yeah. And I think you should have fun with this. I mean, it's called gamification for a reason. <laughs> hey, if it's March, put some teams together and have a bracket, have a March Madness bracket in terms of whatever you want to work. If it's Masters weekend, ha have a bracket, have a Masters bracket, whatever it is, whatever kind of framework you want to make this in, have some fun with it because people aren't going to want this to be a boring gamification. They're going to want it to be fun. They're going to want it to be active. The the rewards, whether it's public praise or something tangible or what have you, or, I don't know, it could, be a, it could be anything. I mean, the incremental dollar amount I have found is not as important as the public praise is to a lot of these individuals when they're trying to game up to get number one. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. And I think we talked about it in some of the early podcasts we have or we had around, you know, the dollar amount doesn't doesn't even come into play when you talk about how people are motivated, you know, to a certain yeah. extent. You know, the yeah. public praise, the gift, the trip, the, you know, other opportunities, you know, all of those weigh in and you just have to really know your audience. Uh, to make sure you're hitting, you know, hitting the right praise or hitting the right rewards reward system. Yeah. yeah. So we've talked a lot about, you know, what what this does for a sales individual. Let's shift gears a little bit in terms of what this does for the management team. So, you know, obviously, I think you and I are both believers of what gets measured gets managed against. And so when you, when you talk about a lot of these, these, these numbers and things like that, I, I, I get that a lot of these organizations are going to be structured differently depending on what kind of industry or kind of model that they have. But what, what's the importance of, of having, give, giving management access to this data to make things like strategic decisions and to make, you know, uh, you know, really, really, you know, m pivoting for lack of better words, pivoting due to the, to the, to the data that they're seeing. Yeah, I think data has a huge impact. I'll share an early, a story from my early days as a sales manager, which was when I first started hiring salespeople, I didn't know what all those metrics should be, right? I didn't know if you said, if I said you need to make 60 calls a day and you said, well, 
you know, it's really hard to do that. I can really only make 30. Like mm-hmm. I would have known better. And I interviewed companies that did 30. I interviewed companies that did, had people doing 150 calls a day. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's pros and cons to all of those, which I learned later. Um, but <laughs> by having the metrics, you know what the benchmark is. You know, when you finally get that one salesperson that's just a rock star and you look at their metrics, you can then start to benchmark and know what what people are capable of. If you hire the right person and, you know, have the right incentives, you can benchmark them to that um, that tier, right? And you know that yeah. people just aren't, you know, just aren't measuring up or won't measure up. So I think from a management perspective, the benchmark piece is a big piece of this, especially Absolutely. when it comes to managing people. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I actually don't know if I've even ever thought of it like that when it comes to establishing kind of what that standard is in your group from a general performance point of view, having a lot of that data and, you know, kind of, I don't know if it's an average or if it's, you know, due to some person's specific activity that you want to make the new benchmark, but having all of that will give you as the manager a really good understanding of, of what is expected of of them and then you can start really holding them accountable to that standard um you know providing that you you want to invest in this individual and continue to invest in this individual uh i think that's a really good a really good hack when it comes to that so i'm I'm trying to think of some other management decisions that could be based on that i mean granted when you talk about you know metrics you you can really get down a rabbit hole for for sure to say the least but I, i would say from a from a sales point of view you know It's one of those things where managing against metrics driven sales culture for me gives you the ability to make much better, much more impactful decisions. And I think it's one of those situations where you you can really find out what doesn't work very quickly. Um, what does work can be massaged and changed and whatnot, but what flat out doesn't work, I feel like you can get to that point quickly and be able to throw it out the door a whole lot quicker if you've got those appropriate metrics in front of you. Yeah. So, I mean, some other examples, you know, to kind of put, put a fine point on this is um, – an example would be you hear about when the management team comes up with what the new sales targets should be, right? So the management goes off, they get with their board or board of directors or management team, and they come back and they say, okay, well, we did $40 million last year and we're going to do $60 million this year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a 50% increase. And what I find is not every management team then goes, how much does each person sell on average year to year and how many more sales reps do we have to have sometimes they come out of these meetings and it's it's a total fabrication mm-hmm. like we're going to do 50% increase and like okay well we're going to have to increase our sales people by 50%. Oh no no no, we're going to do it more lean, we're going to do it faster. We it's can't like okay. Do that. <laughs> what are the real yeah. numbers, right? So if yeah. you know that every sales rep you have averages a certain dollar amount year over year and your top 50% average a certain dollar amount and your bottom average a certain dollar amount, you may come to the conclusion, well, we're actually going to have to fire uh higher 75% more salespeople to offset the churn of the people who don't work out or, mm-hmm. you know, what other things do we have to do? So like the amount people sell based on their level and, and correlation to where you want to be as a business, total sales is a big one. Um, if you don't have that data, you, you're, you're essentially fabricating the new number. Um, mm-hmm. Another one that I see is um, 
close times. When are you going to win a deal? Like how long is it until it closes, right? So everybody's yeah. in this big rush, especially, you know, I, my focus in, is B2B services for the most part. You know, a lot of people focus on rushing around and what I call late thrashing at the end of the quarter to close a bunch of deals. Mm. Well, I can look at the average time between the new lead coming in and the time a deal is closed from an opportunity perspective, and I can get numbers around that, and I yeah. know what the average time is. So using that average time of time to close, you know if somebody's you know halfway through the quarter even close to being able to close a deal. They're not going to – if the deal is a month old and your average time close rate is nine months or your time to close is nine months – you know, they can't late thrash that through the quarter and push it through. Like, yeah, yeah they may get yeah. one lucky one or something or somebody just came in and was hot to trot and ready to go. Yeah. You but, know, that but, yeah. but that doesn't really happen as often as we would like. So knowing right. those metrics really puts you in the reality zone of what mm. do I need to do as a sales manager and a leader um, around, you know, time to close around how many sales reps we are going to have to have, you know, yeah. all of those types of things. Really, really good takeaways there, Josh. I mean, it puts you in the reality zone. That That's such a great way of looking at it because it's like you said, I mean, we've all been a part of these organizations that say, great, we did $20 million in sales last year. Next year, we're going to do $40 million in sales. And it's <laughs> right. like, where'd you come up with that? You know, <laughs> what kind of a, what kind of, it's a great goal to have. Don't get me wrong, but did any thought go into that? Did you think about the amount of resource allocation that you're going to need, the amount of investment that you're going to need, or does just, just some number that comes arbitrarily, you know, to you out of nowhere. And if you've got, you know, the right data in place, the right metrics, the right standards of individual sales folks, like you went, we mentioned earlier, well, then maybe you can back into those numbers a little bit more mathematically and realistically, instead of just, you know, putting your finger up in the right. air and saying, hmm, wonder which way the wind's blowing today. Yeah. yeah I, mean, so I really like when you said that. I'm all for massive action, you know, big numbers, yeah. massive action. Let's go make it happen. Uh, but yeah, we got to bring it down in a notch and say, okay, now what's the execution plan? Does it add mm -hmm. up? Um, right. and, and you may decide you need to, you take your execution plan and you go a little bit overboard with it, right? You, you yep. decide from a systems and process and operations and software perspective, you got to amp up your game over here. And Hey, if yep. you want to do 50% more revenue with only 25% more salespeople, it can be done, but yeah. you know, there's some hard right. conversations that are going to have to have around budget and, mm -hmm. and what kind of tools and changes are going to have to happen to make that reality. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I love it. So we talked about, you know, putting something visual up, up in the office that's going to give, you know, the 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 folks that are around there, it's going to drive the right behavior of continuous improvement, continual performance, create some healthy competition in the process, keep everybody accountable to each other day by day by day. It's going to give management a like for like view into, into potentially coming up with a standard in their group to say, this is the standard that we need to be performing at. This is the, the benchmark that we need to continue to be performing at gamification, coming up with some fun ways of going in and, uh, and and creating some games around this competition, making it a gift or a public praise or or what have you. You know, the incremental dollar amount is not as important as crowning a champion, right? That's the, uh, th th that's really the, uh, the pull for a lot of these, especially in the sales world. And then obviously all the management decisions that come from the metrics and the decision making that needs to be happening, whether it's reactive or 
in a forecast mindset that we talked about a second ago. So I think that's all really, really good stuff. I mean, I think we nailed it this episode. I think we gave them a lot of good stuff. What do you think? Love it, man. It's been good. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Josh. And thanks, everybody that came on and listened. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about how to own the outcome, which is something that I could talk to. I'm blue in the face, but I promise I won't. We'll keep it. uh, We'll keep it commute friendly. Have a great rest of the day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform.